We're live. 600, 679. Welcome everybody back to another great off the lip radio show broadcasting live from the beautiful Santa Cruz boardroom right here in Pleasure Point. And uh, thank you, Santa Cruz Waves, for having us live. Uh, if you are live on Santa Cruz check Waves, out, check out the magazine article about this. Yeah, you know what? True story. This month in Santa Cruz Waves, there's a story about the off the lip radio show. Uh, and uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I thought it worked out. Neil did a nice job. Neil yeah. Kearney wrote that story, yeah. so check it out if you can stop by and grab a copy. And, and so this week you sent me an you sent me a little clip, it, little picture of. I saw a press uh, release. Of a press release for Fred uh, uh, Keeley going for guest. the mayor spot. Fred, like, true story. Is that true story? Okay, true story. It's not fiction. Um, you've I mean, thrown I, your hat. But right. one thing, I'm, right. I'm like, what the hell is the hell is he doing? He lives in a beautiful home in Santa, down in Santa Cruz, beautiful home. Likes to garden. He's I see him working on his house all the time. He's getting back into politics. We'll ask him this question, but we've had past mayors on the show, and but, we always ask them that but, question, and they shake their head every time. I don't know why I did it. But the, sh the whole, the whole, the whole system is changing, right? It's now becoming dis people moving into districts. Right? That's right. In June, the voters of Santa Cruz amended the charter, right. and for the first time in 75 years, in June, they will directly elect a mayor citywide. And then so there the will people, be the people get to elect a mayor. People get to elect a mayor, and then there's going to be six council districts, right. about ten thousand people each. Got it. And two of those seats will also be up in November, and then the next four will be up in two years in 2024. So you'll be the new mayor that was elected and not well, with the secret handshake, because there was a secret wins. handshake be mayor thing going on before, right? It was well, I want to be really clear. I'm yeah. running for mayor. Yeah, yes. There's there's a. Yeah. There, there's another person running for mayor as well, and so between here and November 8th, campaign, work hard, one foot in front of the other, meet as many folks as possible, reconnect with folks, and uh, see how it goes. Let me ask you a question. So when, whose idea was this? Was this, was this the missus, or was this your idea? Did you go to the missus, or the missus came to you like, hey? It was, it was actually the third option you haven't mentioned, which was... Uh, <laughs> option number three. Yes, option number three. We were... Uh, I was working a lot on, on Measure D. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah, my favorite topic, yeah. everybody. And, and uh, not on the side you were on, sir. <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, agree to disagree. We will agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, and, and so I was pretty deeply involved in that. And some folks came to me... Uh, probably 10 days before the election said, we think this measure in Santa Cruz, which creates six council districts and a directly elected mayor, we think that's going to pass. And it did by two thirds vote. And they said, we got to kind of get ahead of this and start thinking about what that really means for our city. And would you consider being the city's first directly elected mayor? And you said? And I said, uh, not really. Uh, that, you know, I've, I've been a county supervisor, a county treasurer, a state legislator. I teach a lot of places. I'm involved in nonprofit work and, and in the community as, as I'm asked to do. Uh, I, I think we're doing fine. And you, uh, your, your plate was full. The uh, plate was full. Yeah. And so they persisted a bit and got me to a place where I at least said, well, uh, I'm open to the conversation. The election happened. Now, it's it's a reality Did rather you wait than for the a possibility. To happen and go, Has see what punch these guys have? Absolutely, I wanted to see. Uh, no sense talking about an office that isn't available. Right. So waited until that, and then Barbara, my wife, uh, she and I went on vacation, and because we just got married six years ago, 
she has not experienced uh, our relationship being one which involves elective office. And that's a very different thing right. than all the other activities right. I'm engaged in. Right. And our relationship is my highest priority. And so we spent time on our vacation, not the entire vacation, because hell of a vacation, right? right? Let's talk about running for mayor the right, whole time. Hell of a fine vacation. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was more of a dangling conversation. It would come up every so often. Yeah. It was, and, yeah. <coughs> and she said at the end of it, she said, here's how I see it. She said, you teach three places, you're on three nonprofit boards, and you're basically a political busybody you know, around town. And if you want to trade that for being mayor or running for mayor, she said, I'm not passively okay with it. I'm actively okay with it. Uh, but it can't be an add-on because there's no space left for our relationship if it's an add-on. Right. And I said, I, I completely agree. That had been the way the conversation had been going. Right. So once she and I were settled on it, then I started advising people that I was open to if it. If that happens, so can you still go to the Warrior Games? You're darn right I'm going okay, to the no, Warrior so, Games. So you can be mayor, go to the Warriors game, but you got to cut out a little bit else for Barbara. But, we, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does, <laughs> does okay. With the duties of the mayor now, which I'm sure there are many, uh, the duties of the mayor now with a four-year term, is it, is it a lot different? It isn't much different. It's different in two ways, but it isn't much different in this regard. The mayor doesn't have some kind of superpower and doesn't as one does have one vote like the rest of the council members. Here's the two things that are different. The mayor will be the mayor for four years rather than selecting a mayor one year at a time from the city council, which gives, by having a four-year mayor, uh, either good or bad, you're going to have a continuity. And I think that helps. The second issue, if I just finish this, the second issue is the mayor uh, by the city charter is in control of the agenda and is the permanent presiding officer. Okay. And I think both of those are powers that uh, are not terribly different uh, than the current situation, but it'll did, be did someone in there for four years. Did it, need, did it need to be changed? Because it seemed like before, if the vice mayor became mayor, then they went back to vice mayor, and they became mayor again, and they went to this part, part they back to the council again, and then they became mayor again. It seemed, it seemed like it was a... Well, uh, there's a question of how, how, did, how did we get to this point, right. and that is that uh, a civil rights law firm sued the city of Santa Cruz, alleging that the at-large system of electing city council members had the effect, not the intent, but the effect of making it difficult for low-income folks and persons of color to be able to be elected to the city council. Now, some people will look and say, wait a minute, uh, gee, our city council looks very diverse. Right. It is. That's, that wasn't the issue. The issue is it could have resulted in that. And so the city attorney's advice to the city council and the mayor was they're going to win this lawsuit. Uh, it, it, and the city was very uh, uh, put off by that and said, well, wait a minute, we're, we're sort of admitting that we discriminate or something. He said, no, 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 no. That's not what you're admitting at all. all right. uh, this is uh, a prospective kind of, of litigation, uh, but you're going to lose it. So you should do what Watsonville has done in many other cities, and that is as a settlement agree that you will go to district elections and give the voters the choice of whether you have 
seven city council members and still elect the mayor from the council right. or six council members and a directly elected mayor the voters choice chose the latter well i was going to say um four years as mayor that's a good term to get some stuff done mm-hmm. uh, well, first of all first of all can back up back up a second sure he he, he obviously he thought that and i go you know i can do something i can i can make in four years in four years, you could because uh, if you didn't think you could make, I mean, to interrupt. Yeah. If you didn't think you'd make, you'd make a change, I'm just going to go back to my house and continue gardening and hang out and paint. You know. And I think that's right. I think that's right. I mean, the compel- compelling argument that people made to me was, look, there's no debate in Santa Cruz about the top four or five issues. But we all know what it's, they are. It's going to be homeless, right. very low and low income housing, drought proofing the water system getting a new neighborhood built downtown, permanent arena for the Warriors to economically stimulate our downtown, increase the revenues for the city, and and get a fair long-range development plan with the University of California Board of Regents. And those, ha- those have to be done. Can I put one more on top? Sure. Crime. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, uh-huh. we have a petty crime that's one of the highest in the world, I think. And uh, that's, to me, I know from speaking to my neighbors, that's one of their biggest concerns, uh, besides homelessness and things right. we talked about. Yeah. But we do have a, um, a way of um, rotating people back on the streets without really a way of rehabbing or um, putting efforts into getting people to stop That's doing right. crime. That's right. And there's, uh, I talked at a wonderful conversation with Chief Escalante the other day who – uh, I really like the we idea the that show. we've got. Great guy. Yep, no I kidding, agree. great guy. Yeah, local That's roots. the key, isn't it? Yeah. The key is the local roots. Yeah. This guy doesn't have to figure out, hi, this guy doesn't have to figure out, uh, you know, what's this street, what's that neighborhood, what what's the history over here or over there. He's got that uh, deep, deep understanding of our city. He was telling me, and this is, this is troubling, that uh, they have 40 authorized but unfilled positions in the police department Mm -hmm. and he said about eh, between a third and a half of those are disability issues and and a number of other issues but a good 20 to 25 of those are we just can't recruit people to come to the police department now that has at least two pieces to it one is you see that all over the country right now. There's a liability. That's going a all officer. over the all yeah. over the country. The, that issue is, is is rising and making it difficult to recruit. But the second one is, and I think this is the unique part in Santa Cruz. Chief Escalante said to me, "The real problem here is that people don't go into law enforcement to spend 80 or 90 percent of their time on the same." issues and the same recidivism time after time after no what they want is they want to be involved in law enforcement in safety in protecting our community in investigating serious crimes in doing a range of things not having 80 90 percent of their time uh, responding to the same calls time and time and time again absolutely it goes to your point exactly yeah that's exactly your point um and I feel like that's uh, uh, will change because I think the public eventually are going to vote for some sort of change in that. But I wanted to say, uh, when you're running for a four-year mayor position in Santa Cruz, um, does it become the, the, the political race that we see in the country where funding the race and who gives you the money and the special interest 
this is that I, I I don't know because we've we've had a, a different way of hiring mayors in, in our town. Is that a part of like are you fundraising obviously right now? Of course, but let me talk about that for a minute I th because I do think that's a that's an important issue and perhaps with my candidacy quite important for the following reason. I've been a county supervisor, a county treasurer, a state legislator. Uh, board of Supervisors, you have to raise That's 70, funny. 80, 90,000, $100,000 to prosecute a successful campaign. County treasurer is not, a, not really a, a political job. It's an elected administrative job, so that, that doesn't count. But the state legislature, yeah, that's a, you're raising money all the time and because you're running every two years, so you're raising money all the time. So I'm, I'm very sensitive to the idea of not wanting to appear to be, because it's not true, I don't want to appear to be boss Fred. Let me show you how the big kids do it. Let me roll into this thing with all kinds of money and everything else. You don't come back with that resume. So here's. You don't so get that resume in your back pocket. You <laughs> so here's how it works. So here's what I'm doing to try to deal with that. Right. The city has a mandatory contribution limit where you cannot receive a contribution of more than $400. So that goes, per person? starts with, mm -hmm. per donor, cannot receive. And I've said, I'm not going to accept a contribution larger than $250, even lower, because I want to make it clear that there isn't some sort of renting or buying that seat from any particular interest group that that means at $250 per person to run a $50,000 campaign, you've got to get a lot of small donations all over the place. Right. And that's my way of, of dealing with that. Mm, great. Well, and um, I'm out, that's going to be part of your campaign, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. to let people know that I'm not being bought. I'm representing the small people in the community. Uh, I think that will go a long ways. Um, you do have a competitor. I do. And, I do. And do we know who that is yet? Is that we official? Do. Yeah. Uh, we have her back on the show. We, could, you know, we have to have her on the show. Well, Filing right. closed uh, Friday. Right. Uh, this last Friday, the, t uh, the 12th. And uh, the two people running, myself and a woman named Joy Schendeldecker. And Joy uh, is, uh, she and her husband uh, live on the Upper West Side. He's a professor at uh, UCSC. She's an artist. Um, we've crossed each other's paths a couple of times so far, and she strikes me as a very nice person. She's smart. She's well-versed in the issues she cares about. She doesn't have elective experience or serving on a committee or any that kind of thing in Santa Cruz, but she's a very nice person. If, you, if, if, she, if she wins, do you think she's going to do a good job? It, the circumstances that would have to prevail for her to win yeah. would mean she would do a good job. And let yeah. me tell you what I think that means. Uh, we are very, we offer very different candidacies. I offer basically yeah. 50 years of experience right. yeah. in political world and in public policy and in community engagement. She moved to Santa Cruz in 2015. She's very engaged. She's a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. She's, she's very uh, very driven on a, on a range of issues. For someone with her profile to beat someone with my profile means the city wants a big change. Right. 
And so I think she would then be successful Does because the voters would say that. Because you know that if we want something, it's mm. going to be different. Does that kind of worry you a little bit? Or? Here's what I know. Right. What I know is that every election is has a possibility of one of two outcomes, right. <laughs> win or lose. Yeah. Um, I've had the good fortune of never being on the losing side. My yeah. name's been on the ballot. This is the 14th time my name's been on the ballot in Santa Cruz County. I finish first every time. Uh, and, and 14 and 0? You're 14 and 0. That, that, Damn. Yeah, yeah but, here's, but here's. I'm saying, but, let's go to Vegas. No, no, because here's the problem. The problem is, you know, the, the sports announcer like Crook and Kipe. Crook and Kipe would say, you're due for a loss, right? So, you know, you got to go out there and do it every time, every time. So, yeah. It's so, good. you're going to work extra hard then? Because of the Oh, there's only one way to run. There's only one way to run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I tell? Can I tell a Fred story? You uh -oh. got one? Yeah, I got one. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Is it going to hurt it. his election? No, I don't. Okay. No, 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 no. In his view, it's yeah, not going to no, hurt at all. Here certain, we go. I have certain <laughs> memories of you, and one I got where I got fired. We'll talk about that in a second. But okay. But I remember, I remember, first time that we had Jimmy Panetta on the show. He was oh. not congressman yet. He mm -hmm. was vying to be congressman. He was running. He was running. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and we, I got him to come on the show. It was like it was a big coup. I mean, right. for me and maybe for you. Right. Big yeah. Coup. yeah. And I'm down there by Bookshop Santa Cruz. I don't know why I was down there, but it's by Bookshop Santa Cruz. And I see Fred over there, his black velvet jacket, black oh. pants, looking mm -hmm. sharp. I was kind of bummed. You look what he, I mean, <laughs> right? I'm all for the warrior gear, but I was like, what is this suit? A sweatshirt? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the Right? I said to him, I said, I, said, I called him over. I said, hey, Fred, you know, there's some people talking. I said, can you, I can remember this, but can I talk to you he said, yeah, I go, I go, I said, Fred, I got uh, Jimmy Panetta coming on the show. Do you have any, do you have any tidbits for me? Something. And I remember you, th you, see, you kind of thought about it, and you're like, yeah. And I go, what? He goes, you see my phone right here? I go, I, I, yeah, I see your iPhone. He goes, I have 10,000 contacts on the iPhone. Wow. And he goes, everybody gets voicemail except one person. Do you remember that? I <laughs> I go. Oh, this is really. This is this, this is good, this is the show right here. <laughs> I go. Jimmy Panetta. He goes. Uh uh. I go. Oh shit. Leon Panetta. Uh uh. <laughs> Who? Sylvia yeah. Panetta. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sylvia mom. Panetta. When mom calls, yeah. where can I? Oh be? yeah. Right. What can I do? What right? what I I always say when Sylvia Panetta calls, I pick it up. I say. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Mrs. Panetta, the answer is yes. What's the question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I told that story to Jimmy on the show. I think I told him, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, Jimmy. That's right. Yeah. That's amazing. I never forget that. I'll never forget as long as I live that story. You know, like, well, yeah. and Jimmy is a great guest on the show. He's a, and a, a friend of ours. But he, we, we do always mention well, the first time he came on the show, him. he had an Uber home because you had too much to drink. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> well, and, and luckily he has a pretty good staff. He yeah. mops him up and drives him home. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. By the way, we're going to dinner after the show. There we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a Warriors fan. Yeah. you got the best seats in the house. Yep. Uh, I think you've had tickets since day one. Yeah. Um, I am a huge fan. I did about six years of tickets. Now I have a friend who has tickets, and we kind of share them. But my point being is, I've really enjoyed them being in this town. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a, it's a great addition to what yes. we offer to our community. And I've heard rumblings that things are could change, maybe not. I know you know. Is there any news that you could share with people on the Santa Cruz Warriors and possibly their future? 
in Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz Warriors came to town uh, on just about a moment's notice, as we all remember. Right, we, right. Uh, they stood up the arena in less than 100 days and tipped off uh, and had a full season. Um, at the time, Don Lane was the mayor, and, and he asked me if I would head up a, a group of folks who would stress test the financial deal that the Warriors and the city were engaged in with each other. And so we stress tested it. And what I mean by that is we took all their assumptions about revenue, cut them in half, attendance, cut them in half, did all kinds of things, stress tested the heck out of it. Carrie Burkhofer from Bay Federal was on right, it, and right. Gary Reese and a number of other people who had financial backgrounds. And we stress tested the heck out of the deal. And even under stress, the deal held up financially for the city. And so went ahead. They said, well, we'll be in town about seven years, and then we need to have a permanent home. So get to work on that permanent home. Don't, don't wait for seven or eight years to get going on it. And the city didn't, and, and the Warriors didn't. So what happened a couple of years ago is the Warriors said, and the city said, let's each do what we're really good at. So the city is the lead on getting a new neighborhood downtown where the Warriors Arena is, and kind of think about it, three or four blocks in each direction, two or three maybe, in each direction. And the city take the lead on the general plan amendment, the rezoning, the local coastal plan amendment, all that. And what the Warriors will do is not ask for one penny of public money. What they want is they can fund a new arena. They yeah. will finance a new arena by building around that new housing with at least 20% affordable, very low and low income housing, retail and commercial, sort of, an, a, a not sort of, an entertainment district as well as a residential district. And which so- also, Which would also help downtown, which downtown's become almost like a mortuary now. Well, it, uh, I'll tell you, I was down there try to go down uh, at least uh, one evening a week during the weeknights uh, I'm sorry during the weekend and uh, we've got our summer crowd back yeah, uh, the, the uh, transient occupancy tax numbers are higher than they've been now they would be higher than the COVID year years yeah. but even going pre-COVID the year before COVID uh, the current TOT tax and uh, room rental and all of that is is really doing well. Okay, a couple more hotels coming online where the La Bahia was, another one where the community credit union used to be. Those will generate a lot of transient occupancy tax as well as sales tax. Uh, so the good news is, I, as I see it, is this is all open, above board, transparent. Uh, I suspect that if I'm elected mayor, the set of decisions to go or not go, to approve or not approve in final form will happen over the course of the next three, four years. So uh, this is an important change in our community. Uh, when people talk about the need for more housing and especially in the very low and low income areas, this is an opportunity to do that without imposing it around on neighborhoods. Say, okay, downtowns are downtowns for a reason. Uh, they are engines of growth. That's what downtowns are, whether it's our town or any other town. Right. And residential neighborhoods are basically residential. Right. And for the most part, folks living in residential neighborhoods 
aren't enamored of the idea of a lot of increased density in their neighborhood. But you bring it so bring bring downtown. You're bringing people down that do resident, right? Low-income people, low-income housing. Bring, bring it but a lot of market, market rate housing as well. I don't want to pretend that this is our solution uh, to all of our challenges right. around housing. Yeah. It isn't. But it's the biggest single thing that we could do on that. And also, too, that, you know, the, the, the housing, even at 20%, still not right. affordable. Yeah, those people are, they're, I mean, they're having, they're making a good living, but they are having a tough time surviving, and they'll be able to take advantage of those homes. Um, do you see this as going forward? Do you think this project and the future will happen for Santa Cruz? I don't know, and here's why I don't know. Uh, We've all been around Santa Cruz long enough to know th that uh, anytime you want to put two two-by-fours perpendicular to each other, somebody's going to say, I don't want you to do that. Uh, but to be less facetious and more serious about it, uh, our city is one which, and our county is one, which has embraced the concept of growth management since June of 1978 when the voters throughout the county adopted Measure J, the county's growth management ordinance. Same thing in the city when the, in the 70s when the city voters adopted the Greenbelt Initiative. Mm -hmm. They have said, we don't want to be overrun by living next door to the most powerful economic engine in the world, the Silicon Valley. We don't want to have our destiny determined by other people. We want to determine our destiny. That's been a value and an ethic for 35, 40 years now in Santa Cruz. However, having said that, there has also been a change in the population of the county and the city where that's the environmental protection issues are still, they trump everything, the environmental suite of issues. But having said that, there is much more of a sentiment now that by not growing at all, the price of the product of housing, of course, has skyrocketed, not solely because of that, but there is a component part of that. What I think is going on in the city of Santa Cruz right now is a rethinking, not of whether or not we should be in charge of our own destiny, not whether or not we should uh, embrace all the environmental assets of our community, it's can we also provide some more housing, some more economic development, to, to uh, moving forward in our community so that we, uh, look, we know this has happened nationally. We know it's happened in California. We know it's happened in Santa Cruz, and that is the hollowing out of the middle class. Uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm an unreconstructed, old-school liberal Democrat. I, I believe Joe Biden was right every time he has said, and he still says it, the middle class built the country, and the unions built the middle class. I believe that. And what we're seeing nationally, statewide, and in Santa Cruz is hollowing out of that middle class. And that needs rebuilding. That needs to, to get back in play in a big way. Or we are going to be a two-income society. Don't you think that ship sailed, though? No. You don't? No, I don't. Okay. No. Uh, uh, but but, but, but I don't want to be flippant about no, it. No, I don't want to be flippant. No. I, I said no quickly. What I, what I, the toothpaste is out of the tube. I think, we're very, I think we're very close to that, though. Okay. And, and without making uh, – let me add some pieces. Without insisting through negotiations with the Board of Regents uh, uh, to house 
a hell of a lot more students on campus. Yeah. I mean, that's a very big part of this, uh, the solution, is when the students are competing with everybody else for housing and you're adding thousands of students, that, that has a bigger right. negative impact than any, any single factor. I will 100% agree with that. And so getting the regents, and, and the reason I keep seeing regents is you don't negotiate this with the chancellor on campus. She's a very nice person. She has a lot of power, but that's not who makes the housing decisions. Right. The regents of the University of California make the housing decisions. Which is silly but to me. They wouldn't want housing because they profit off of housing as well. well um, the, pro the project you're talking about around um, Upper Pacific it's kind of what's going on on Front and Pacific and Laurel, the yes, current project. Yes, that's right. And just kind of extending it. It's exactly what it is. Towards the arena, right? It's sort of the idea of what you have, the, what it could is. be planned. It is, but let me be very clear. Those are going to be taller buildings. The new ones are going to be taller. They're not going to be as tall as what the city approved and sent forward for environmental review through the California Environmental Quality Act. It's the right thing. Look, if, if you were doing it, you'd do the same way. You'd over-submit right. to environmental review what you're ultimately going to do because you're going to need to scale that down somewhat. Yeah. It's like labor negotiations. Right, you right. don't open with your last, best, and final offer. Mm -hmm. uh, so th this will be amended. The buildings will be a little smaller than what's on the table right now. Uh, I hope there will be somewhat more affordable housing. Uh, so. This, this will be a process of negotiation in public as we move along. So I do my duty, I do my, my civic duty, I go, I go down to the courthouse because I'm jury duty. Jury duty? I go down there, do my jury duty. I go out the back of the courthouse, and I gotta go to this room over here, kept you? and I see a thousand people there <laughs> and with tops and the whole homeless situation that's going on there behind the, behind the county building. And it's just, it's devastatingly, it's just, it's. Big increase. I just yeah, saw that. I, you know what? I, I, I'm like, what are you, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to feel. I just feel bad for these people. And it, this is that. This, we're in 2022. What's going to happen from 10 years from now? What, happen, what, what do you think is going to happen with that group of people 10 years from now? Or f I'm going to say in four years. Four from years. Now, yeah, that's a fair question. Four years from fair now, question. in your service. Right. And we've had a lot of people. Have, we've had a lot of people have come on the show and said the word solution. Had that a lot of times, TC. And, and we and found so out there's no money there's for no a solution. solution. There's no solution. Or is there a solution? Or, is there, or do you happen to have a, a plan for a solution? Well, I happen to have the secret plan that's 100% <laughs> guaranteed <laughs> to solve the problem. Of course I don't. Uh, but let me say this. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me that the, uh, this is compound complex. If it was easy, we would have solved it. Yeah. Right? Sure. If, and if, and if having a big heart would solve it, it would have been solved as well because our town has a big heart. I am afraid that what is happening is that the compassion meter is going down in the city of Santa Cruz around the questions of folks experiencing homelessness because the voters have been told more than once, pass this tax increase and we will spend the money on this and this. I think what's happened, and I think this was a very large part of what happened with the sales tax in the city in June, which failed by 50, 5-0, 50 votes, is that in part, it's because voters said, gee, you've told me this before, but my, my eyes don't lie to me. 
what I see is it's worse, not better. So the issue becomes, what is it you do about this? And it is complicated. But I think the minimums are this. The city does what it does well, what cities do well, and the county does what counties do and they do well. Counties are subdivisions of the state of California. They exist to deliver health and human services for the state and federal government. They're in the social service business, not cities. That's not what cities do. Cities build, cities build things. So my thought is this, that what the city should be doing is, number one, shelter. Number two, a, a, a navigation center. Number three, permanent supportive housing. All of those are the brick and mortar side that is absent right now and needs to be, needs to be put in place so that the county and the state, who are the people who deliver health and human services, have got a place and a venue and a focus on where to do that. <laughs> yes, we do. We but do. There's been a okay. huge sure increase do. in family homelessness in Santa Cruz, of like actual multiple unit families. There are some success stories. That's right. Stories. I know that's dramatically reduced. I feel like you have to want help to get help, you know. And I think that's a big that's problem true. that we have. Well, you know, I, I was at I was at a meeting last night at the resource center for nonviolence, which. Uh, some folks uh, whose names you would know uh, in, in invited uh, both the housed and the unhoused community to engage in dialogue. And, uh, and I went and uh, uh, observed that. And it reminded me of when I had been asked by the city a few years ago to be the convener of something called the Council Committee on Advisory Committee on Homelessness. It was a year-long exercise with a lot of folks and really diving deep into the issue. And it reminded me uh, of this, that there are a lot of people in that camp who are, are largely unable due to a range of issues in their life. Some of it is drug addiction. Some of it is mental health. Some of it is... Uh, uh, taking medications to to cover the pain of uh, having been sexually abused by your stepfather or whatever it may be. This is a, uh, and this isn't every single person there, but there's a lot of folks there who navigating so much as going from the camp to Emmeline to sign up for services and get back is literally beyond their capability. And and I know that the compassion meter is going down. Uh, a and lot, and a and lot and of the. I think, I think the community is running bleakly like a horse. When they're not, when they're not, they're not. You, you drive by there, but you're not looking over there. Don't look over there. Uh, so I, what I continue to learn through these engagements with folks who uh, are living outside, uh, is that 
it's as compound and complex as those of us that live inside. And I just don't know whether my neighbor next door is, you know, selling fentanyl or the person, you know, three houses down is beating their wife or whatever right, it might right. be. But you see a large concentration of folks who have had lots of bad, maybe made some very bad choices in their life as well. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're all victims. Right. I'm saying it's some combination of making right. bad choices and not having good choices to be made to begin with. Um, but we are a compassionate, caring community. We lose that compassion if we see no progress. And so right. what right. I'm committed to is working with the colleagues on the city council, working with the social service providers, working with uh, the folks who are unhoused, uh, and move forward on this shelter, navigation, permanent supportive housing, pour the services into those, help folks out. Now, what you're going to be left with, though, you got to remember this. We don't institutionalize people for the most part in California anymore. We haven't for decades. So we are going to end up with, 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 with some folks who say, I choose not to do that. I choose not to go into the system. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the biggest set of challenges, right. is right. what happens then? And uh, I don't know the answer to that. I suspect it means managed camps, but that can't, managed camps can't be our only solution because it doesn't work well, and we know it doesn't work well. It's not good for the folks in it for the most part. It's not good for the rest of us. If you become mayor, yes, sir. When you jump in, when you jump into the, do you think you're going to be swimming upstream for a lot for a while, or do you think you're going to be going downstream? And if you're going upstream, do you think you can turn it around so you can be going downstream? Do you want to torture that analogy a little more before <laughs> I answer, or do you want to just just keep going, or shall I bail you out on this? Shall I bail you out? You know, I'm going to ladder. Okay, I'm hanging on a minute. Hang on a second. Story number two about Fred. Story number two about Fred. The only time I've ever got fired from a job in my life was with Fred. You got fired because of Fred? Yeah. Oh, oh, because yeah. of Fred. <laughs> <No>. Because <laughs> of Fred. I see. There's a causal relationship. Yeah, between. It has nothing to do with you being a complete <laughs> goofball. <laughs> no, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. So explain how did you well, get Well, I mean, he's probably right. It was probably my fault, but he was in the room. So I was in the room. <laughs> Come on. K, uh, yeah, K squared. I went for K squared. Mm. My, first, my first show, my first interview, I'm going, I've got Fred Keeley coming on my first interview. And K Squid's a, that's a big gig. Yeah, it's a big gig. Fred's <laughs> coming to the show. He's a big fish, right? Hey, going back to swimming fish. upstream swimming and downstream and downstream sideways and, and, and <laughs> fish ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next day they go. Boom! Out the, oh, you're, you're fired. fired. Yeah. Wow. I was too KSCO. I was too I was too having too much fun with Fred. Oh my okay. goodness. And we go, hey, well, actually, I think I, I'm going to say this right now. We both got fired. We both got fired? <laughs> you know what the difference is? Well, I've, been I've been back three times on. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of you got fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, Neil. Of course, yeah. Fred's still there. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. Fred stayed. God, you got fired. He could have said, he could have lied a little bit. I could have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so often when we have mayors on here. Yeah. They always say it's money, like the things that you want to change, right? your goals. Absolutely. It's always money. And that budget is so tight these days. Yeah. What will be number one for you? So on the budget side, here's how I see it. I, 
I teach public budgeting in the graduate program of public administration at San Jose State. I was on the budget committee and uh, in the legislature. Uh, I've felt for a very long time that if you want to make positive change, you better understand budgets. If you and, and, and the reverse is true, which is if you want to make real change and don't understand budget, you're probably not going to make much change. Right. Uh, so uh, let me tell you what I'm not saying here. My definition of being cynical is that you know the price of everything and the value of nothing. So I'm not trying to be a, have a cynical approach here. I'm trying to have a skeptical approach, which I think is healthy. The city budget has gotten a couple of favors done to it in the not too distant past. If you, if you think that the, uh, the sky is falling rhetoric coming out of city hall is bad right now, uh, had Jerry Brown not been the governor uh, it would have been worse, and here's why. When he came into office, he was dealing with budget deficits. When he left office, he was dealing with budget surpluses. During the budget surplus period before Gavin Newsom was elected, Jerry Brown took budget surpluses and paid down the public employee retirement debt. Every city and county in California has an unfunded liability problem. Jerry Brown took billions and billions two years in a row and paid that down for every agency. Santa Cruz is a major beneficiary of that. So we start with the point that there's a challenging budget, but it's way better than it would have been. So next issue, the, we are seeing the, the city, cities and counties love sales taxes and transient occupancy taxes because they keep that. Property tax is of very little interest to mm -hmm. them. They keep 30 cents of every dollar and 70 cents goes to the state. So property tax is of little interest to cities and counties. So what we've got here is a situation where the revenues are coming back a bit, bringing online hotels, motel, visitor serving, you get 100% of the transient occupancy tax stays in your city treasury. The resulting spin-off sales tax, that's shared with the state, but a lot of it comes directly and stays with the city. So if you're looking out in the future and saying, well, whether that's, let's say, three, four years, eight to 10 years, what you want is you want to be able to have TOT and sales tax spinning off into your city because that's what's going to pay uh, for, the for these increases. the district tax that stays in the city? I'm sorry? The district tax? Is that what stays in the city? Wait, district tax. I'm sorry. Well, because when I pay my sales tax in the BOE, yes. um, there's a district tax I pay. Oh, oh, I see what you're besides saying. I my, see what you're saying. Uh, as, uh, besides my sales tax. And yeah. that, like in the city of Capitola, yes, gets a little one percent. That's right. Gift. That's right. That's the uh, same thing in, in all Santa cities. Cruz. That's Got right. It. So, uh, what what I see is this: that if we want to make a serious investment in changing both the look and the outcome of what the homeless community experience as and and what we as the house community experience because of the large homeless population. I want to be very careful what I'm saying here. I'm not talking about criminalizing homelessness. Right. 
what I'm talking about is that we all know that that population we can do better with and for them and they can do better with and for themselves but it's going to take a change in what we're doing so if you have sheltering navigation center permanent supportive housing those uh, those brick and mortar side of things it is going to be get better so how do you pay for it so my thought is this there's right now there's a, a measure on the ballot called the empty home tax in city of Santa Cruz and so what it would do is say that if if your home is vacant more than 120 days a year that you would pay a six thousand dollar fee to the city uh, because your home was empty more than than not and so well not actually no, not that, actually you can do that but but, but well they gotta, you, they gotta count how long the lights are off and on I guess but uh, <laughs> but, but it, it it does uh, some people are arguing that that the problem with it is that everybody, every property owner in the city of Santa Cruz will be required annually to attest to how many days their home is being occupied or not. That is raising a lot of hackles around the city of, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm not part of this. I, you know, how, how did I get roped into this? So I don't know whether that passes or not passes. If it does, then it does. But here's my issue. I think we already know what the voters will approve. Four years ago, Don Lane and I led the effort on what was called Measure H. And it was a countywide measure that would have raised property taxes in order to sell and retire bonds for affordable housing. It got 54% countywide. It was killed in mid-county. It got killed in Capitola, Scotts Valley, the San Lorenzo Valley. It just, but in the city of Watsonville and the city of Santa Cruz, it got over 70%. Wow. It wow. needed mm -hmm. two-thirds vote, it got 70%. Mm -hmm. So I already know yeah. if, if I'm elected mayor, what will the voters pay for? What right. will they raise? Yeah, They'll raise their property tax if the package is the right one. Right, right. And so if we want to do these things like shelter, navigation center, et cetera, and we want to do very low and low income housing, yep. then we do that. Because the voters have already said yes to that. Yep. It's just that they didn't say yes throughout the county. Right. So you put it on, you negotiate the right package yep. in public with the community about what goes into that. Right. And that, I think, is the right way to go. Now, listen, the empty home tax passes, that's a different issue. But I think I have what, what I like to call the, and the empty, empty home tax people get, get upset with me because they don't want me to say this. But I say, I've got your backup plan. Right. If it doesn't work, i got the backup. But I can just say one more thing sure. on this. Uh, in addition, a part of what I teach uh, at San Jose State in the graduate school on public budgeting, part of it, you have to teach taxes, right? And so when you survey economists, liberal, conservative, doesn't matter. They will tell you that what they call a good tax has three features to it. It has a low rate, it has a very broad base, and it has ease of administration. That, I think, is what the bond measure is. Right. It's a very small, 
it's a little tiny incremental increase in property tax, but because so many people pay property tax, every yes. every property owner's paying it, whether they're a, you know, the owner's the owner, whether who's inside is a renter or a homeowner, everybody, you know. So you've got a big denominator, a small numerator, and very easy administration. Yeah. And the question then is, is the right package in front of the voters? We're going to find out. Got a website? Yeah. I do. Uh, of course he's on a website. I am. It's dot Keeleyformayor.com. Keeleyformayor.com. That's K-E-E-L-E-Y.com. Formayor.com. Formayor.com. There we go. And uh, if somebody wanted to put five bucks on that website, they could do that. There's a little donate button. Donate, donate button. There we go. Not more, than, not more than $250. How long signs are printed? Uh, my intention is, it, it seems to me for the month, look, we're... We, we live and breathe this kind of stuff. You know, we yeah, love yeah. it. You know, you could talk to us in the winter. You could talk to us in the summer. You know, we love it all the time. Voters, however, have real lives, <laughs> unlike us folks. And <laughs> and they dial in really uh, Labor Day to Election Facebook Day. Facebook page, so Instagram page? To go to wait, is that alive and kicking? Yeah. Social media? Yeah. Well, well, the campaign has, uh, you know, dragged me into the 21st century. It's exactly (laughs) who's who's, who's managing (laughs) that. Yeah. Now, we're about to have Cindy Busenhawk come on the show here to talk about. uh, Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Hang on. Absolutely. We're going to talk about his dancing career. I I thought he was a hell of a dancer. Can I leave now? Is that your deal? (laughs) Can I leave now? Ballroom dancing? No. Is that right, Cindy? Could you mind oh. taking the uh, Fred, would you mind swipping, swapping places with Cindy just for a few minutes? Oh, uh, like a year or two? That would be great. Cindy, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Cindy. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. Welcome. Hi. Cindy, merge four. Come on, blowing up? Come on. Is it blowing up right now? The best socks in the world. What are you talking about? kidding me? You got them on right now? You got yours on, right? Why he's still hot on the presses right here? Yeah. Can we just talk about his dancing? You mentioned to me today. Yeah, his dancing. So first off, thank you for volunteering and all the things that you do. We appreciate that. One of the standouts for me is your dancing skills at the Santa Cruz Ballet Theater. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Hold everything. (laughs) My daughter <laughs> was a ballet dancer for many years there, and uh, I actually have jokes about that. She, um, the, the late Bob Lee was her ballet dad for many years. She, my daughter was Clara at one point, and I always made jocks, uh, jo- jokes with uh, Bob saying, like, you better put money in her college fund because it's expensive being a dad, man. <laughs> Start it now. <laughs> So yes, so, so thank you for that. He's so, so hell of a dancer. Hell of a dancer. Yes, he's in the party scene, and I, I hope to see you again this year in the party scene. Yes. And no, in no case problem. you haven't gone to, like a little plug for the Santa Cruz Ballet Theater, in, in case you haven't gone to go see the Nutcracker, it is such an amazing event okay. to go to in the Santa Cruz uh, County. So TC sure. had to go deal with a little problem down here at the gas station when someone broke in. So you want to talk about the Tim Brush? Yes. We'll talk about the Tim sure, Brush sure, sure. skate contest. It won't, it won't be a couple minutes, and then we'll, you, you know, he's she's got a big gift for you too. By the way, it's in my uh, car. Uh huh. Yeah. So yes, October first and second, uh, there is a professional bull contest going at the Mike Fox uh, Skateboard Park. Um, many thanks to past mayor um, Hillary Bryant for that because she's really helped move that event 
from San Jose into Santa Cruz where it rightfully should be. Um, all kinds of pros in the past have come. Um, you'll see people like uh, Steve Caballero, Lester Kasai, Christian Asoy, Steve Alba, um, Mickey Alba. There's been so many uh, kind of skateboard Hall of Famers right. that have gone. Um, and there's many divisions as well from uh, young kids all the way up to um, so pros and legends. Right. So it's you a contest will. for everybody. It's a contest for everyone, and I can't tell you how excited I am about having it in, in Santa Cruz County. It's just so we're, we're happy to have it here. Right. And, and again, it's just um, the city and um, you know public works and the fire department and everybody has been so kind and so helpful to get this uh, contest up and, and so going. When's it, when's it again? October 1st and 2nd. Okay, so somebody wants to compete. Is there a website or You can go to timbroshfoundation.com. Okay, how do you spell that? Uh, T-I-M-B-R-A-U-C-H foundation.com. And you can sign up there if you want to compete. We can also sign up there as well if you want to volunteer. Okay. Should be a big event. Lots of of, uh, amazing people that are coming to help. And are you still wanting support? Are you still needing support from people like the boardroom or from... Heck yeah. Here comes TC. You need it here. Yeah, of course. Are you going to support? Of course. Huh? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so the Tim Brush, comp- Brush Contest is going to be huge. But tell, say to, to so also we want you guys to come in, and we really want to make it a community event. So you'll see people like Pacific Arts Complex come in and do dances. Hopefully we can get some bands in. Yeah. Um, just really a community event. People are supporting the Seaside Company, Santa Cruz Boardwalk, and uh, – the whiting cab you got cab christian soy who else is coming back those are the people that have come in the past so i don't have those okay. people confirmed but the masters the masters which is the best yeah by the, the way the i love that best. And you and so i'm hoping you two will come in we'll be there and do the live portions yeah there. we'll be there you'll have the voice of skateboarding there dave duncan uh-huh. and it is a big world d. big d oh it's a big event and it's a world cup event so we're excited and you don't con- you want to do a contest between the Santa Cruz boardroom and who else? I haven't launched that yet, but oh. I was going to talk to okay. TC about a battle of the shops. I love that. Okay, which there. is awesome. Um, and plus, we want to help support it because we support all the community events. Yeah, love that. And, um, and plus, uh, Tim was one of the best people on the planet. Ever. Yeah, and yeah. so the fact that you do, to this day, uh, carry on his legacy and continue to let people know how awesome he was makes me very proud. I hope he looks down at this and, and smiles. Like uh, the foundation in particular does a lot of amazing things. They mentor young kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they send. Uh, this year we sent eight kids, local kids, to camp at at Woodward West, and I think skateboard camp is amazing because it teaches character building skills, independence, things like that. At young at a young young age. Right, right. They also make lifelong friends. Lifelong they friends. Do. That's and the same best thing. with the junior board members. You know, we have fifth graders this year in mm. junior board. And I took a nice screenshot at a board meeting last night. There were like 20 some odd kids. Wow. It's, it's On the awesome. junior board. Junior board members. Was it difficult? And I, I think those are like the leaders of today or yeah. tomorrow. Right, right. Was it difficult really? to move the contest to Santa Cruz? I mean, it's, I'm, I'm impressed that it's happening, but I know that that had to have been a little tough. I have tough. a little angel. Her name's Hillary Bryant that uh, <laughs> has hovered that over you out me. With that? Okay, well. Um, yeah, she you know, a fantastic mayor of Santa Cruz, past mayor. So, yeah. okay, I, I knew it took something yeah. because um, that that had to have been difficult. But I'm so excited because I feel like um, it's back. 
it's where it should be. Yeah, this yeah. is awesome. So, I mean, the street contest has always been here, and mm-hmm. I think we were Scotts Valley. In, in Scotts Valley, mm-hmm. and, and it, uh, that park is actually named after Tim Brosh. We did right. a lot of work to get that, that kind of first legit park up and running in, in Santa Cruz County, which was awesome. You know, and that has always been here, but this is a larger event. And mm-hmm. to it's move it from San Jose to here, it's like, I think, a big deal. Then right. It's, it's going to be the same weekend, street course, one day? No. No, okay. Um, the bowl is October 1st and 2nd, and I I think the street contest is the 27th. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's an AM event, really kid-friendly event, awesome event. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, Cindy. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for supporting the show. You get every, pair, every guest... Gets a pair of socks. Uh, Fred gets a pair of socks. Fred gets a yep. box of socks. He gets a, he doesn't even he get gets a box yeah, of yeah. socks. They're in my car. I'm going to give them to him. Do you need more community support for this contest? Yeah, is there do. a way that they can reach you if somebody watching wants to help out? Absolutely. Just get on timbroshfoundation.com. Okay. Reach out that way. Oh, merch for socks on Instagram. Merch, merch for socks on Facebook. Yeah. Either one. Anything. We accept all kinds, and we've got amazing community support. Yeah, you know, some amazing. Community I am uh, really proud of you because I we, we as a business we jumped on merge for right away. I Thank knew you. That you and the people that you surround yourself with are amazing, and I will truly attest that it is the best pair of socks you no can buy. No question. Hands yeah. down. I Hands mean, down. I, Thank I, you. Yeah. I, I literally turned my stance in the rags for the race shop. And I only wear Merge 4 every day of my life. Ah, uh, thank you. And, we appreciate uh, and so that. I keep up the great work. You know, you were actually, a, you and uh, On the Beach in Carmel were the first two shops. And it's kind of, again, a, c- a community spirit, you know. Yeah. Rob Roscoff was really, really supportive. He was one of the first shareholders and really, really supportive in the sense that I kept tweaking a sock, you know. Yeah. yeah. And Mr. Kawasaki helped out a little bit. Love Guy Kawasaki. <laughs> He's the best mentor. Uh, yeah. Uh, person could have yeah thanks, well, i'm guy. really proud because you're uh, i'm seeing the success and the uh the, the accolades of the oh, product that you're you. making so yeah. keep up the good work thank can't you. wait for the tim brush contest it's going to be amazing so excited yeah it's uh bringing it uh, all to santa cruz we're gonna be there we're doing a lot of video yeah yeah we'll, we'll yeah. be there live we'll let everybody know who's tuning in about that and um and merge for dot uh, com if they wanted absolutely. to check out some socks absolutely and I know you're all about social media yeah so merge four on social media that's merge and the number four perfect um, Cindy thanks you guys are awesome yeah Thank great you. to see you back Mike's back uh, to you my friend uh, Fred Keeley for mayor dot com right Thank you. Uh, and if somebody wants again to throw uh, less than two hundred and forty dollars is that the number two fifty two fifty okay right. less than two fifty where can they push the button KeeleyForMayor.com. Love it. That's so amazing. And we're going to predict uh, the Warriors are going to stay for a long time in Santa Cruz. That and is, uh, I will work my heart out for that. You you're, bet. You're going to fight. <laughs> you, well, the mayor. I'm, 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 I'm one of those folks who, who does not use the word fight. I will lean in. I will work hard. <laughs> I will do what's necessary uh, because I believe the community has fallen in love with the Warriors and what they mean to our community. And uh, I want to make Absolutely. sure that continues going forward. Great to see you again. Lean hard. Lean hard. That's okay. what I will do. Uh, Neil, I know we're taking a, 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 a no, week. Not of, no, not? You're, so next, we're going to have a show next week. Just tune in. Something big's going to happen next week, everybody. I mean, we get the mayor one day. We get the entrepreneurs. We get the best bands. 
something great is going to happen next week. T Fox, thanks again for having us on Santa Cruz Waves. Neil, always a good time. Uh, been the best uh, eight years ever. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you soon on the Off Lip Radio Show. Good night.